Here we go. Oh, that was a kind of a weak pour. Whatever. Cheers. Hey, cheers, mate. Cheers, bruv. For those listeners who don't know who are just ch- chiming in, and I'll probably start the podcast here. I like the kind of run-through intros. Just, we just started. Eli and I, we're going to make it. Eli, we're going to make it a thing. Drink some whiskey as we do Mando podcast. Whiskey with Mando. In, in honor of your background, I'm drinking scotch whiskey. And I also <laughs> collect scotch whiskey. So anyone who wants to talk Star Wars and drink scotch... You know how to reach me. No, you probably don't. But I'll tell you. Dave will tell you how to reach me. We'll, we'll figure out some way. And I feel, I feel like Mandalorians would be whiskey drinkers. I feel like Mandalorians would have their own whiskey. Like Mandalorian yeah. whiskey. I, I think they, they would be whiskey drinkers as opposed to beer drinkers. Definitely not wine drinkers. No. Though I, I enjoy a nice wine myself. No, yeah, once in a while. No, with certain, certain meals. Wine, wine is, is for good. Coruscant. Yes. Oh, there you go. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Uh, my name is English Dave, here with my co-host Eli, as you can hear. Good How to be here. Today? Thanks for having me back. I'm here with my cat. He is intrusive, but adorable. Um, just to give you a peek behind the curtains, because uh, the way you guys are listening to this can be different to how we're recording this. This is the third in a row uh, episode we've recorded, but we're trying to make it all seem like, oh, it's brand new every single time. But you know what? It isn't that way. It's a little peek of the curtain. You know, sometimes you got to do what we have to do. Three, three podcasts back to back. You got but to. You know what? It's for you guys, so you guys can get the, get the information and the entertainment, and the the content as quickly as possible. So we're here to talk about chapter five in the Mandalorian series on Disney Plus. If you don't have Disney Plus, you should. This series alone for me makes it worth it. How do you or find a that, friend right? that has it. Log in. I'll give you my login. I won't, but <laughs> you know someone who's got it. <laughs> right? Well, get Verizon. You have Verizon. Yeah. You, know? you get free trial if you have Verizon. Yeah. Do do our listeners know this? I mean, you should know this. If you have Verizon, uh, uh, in terms of cell phone plan, they are given a free year of Disney+. Plus. I think that's a great option. And you, get, great you can have up to four streams at once. So if you have a family of four, or, you know, at least... You can have four of you with your own accounts. There you go. I've used it quite a bit over this Christmas season, actually. There's watched a lot of Disney movies. Yeah. So Tangled. I mean, in fact, you know what? Frozen. Oh, Tangled is... Wait, you said Tangled? Yeah, Tangled. Can I tell you, and this is sidetracking a lot, but Tangled is one of the most underappreciated Disney movies of the modern era, I feel. I, I, I just saw it for the first time. I really enjoyed it. What? Great movie. Yeah, Such a really great movie. really enjoyed it. I love it. And speaking of which... Every Mandalorian episode to this point, I thought has been great. I think two to this point has been my least yes. favorite, but I still really, really enjoyed it. Yes. Did you um, enjoy episode five? Episode five, I enjoyed, but I still acknowledge as a step down in quality compared to what else we've been given. If you had to give me, if I had to write a list of episodes in order, episode three would be the top. And episode five will be at the bottom. I don't know that I disagree. Though episode two, I might say, would be at the bottom. The thing about five that got me, it got me in my nerd. Hit me right in the nerd. But I, th- I think that's, for me, that's a good thing and a bad thing. I think, I think that's a double-edged sword. True, true. I mean, that's why The Force Awakens. When I first saw The Force Awakens, I was all about it. And then when I sort of sat back, I was like, man, that was a great remake of A New Hope. Yes, but even then, then I, think, I, th- I think I skews that more than this episode because even though it re- takes it retreads certain moments, it still introduces new things that further certain elements of the story forward. 
where I feel like it seems that you could skip this episode and go to episode six from four and not feel a difference in the greater narrative. Well, and if there were, as you said, off podcasts, if there were moments that were significant that are going to lead to um, further narrative developments, they were so brief that what was the point of a whole? Yes, because ultimately, again, this is full spoilers for episode five. Because the kid dies at the end, he's not coming back. And then the sniper is seemingly dead at the end, so she's not coming back. So the only important information that can come back is who is that figure at the end. But again, you can start the next episode there. So So ultimately... Possibly. Are we positive that the... And now I'm I'm going to blank on her name, and I don't want to... Her name is Fennec Shand. Fennec Shang. Yeah. I wonder if she's not dead. But even then, ultimately, like, we don't get enough information about her in this episode that if she returns in another episode, you're going to feel lost if you hadn't seen this episode. And if if you're going to bring back characters, that's the one you're going to bring back? Yeah, exactly. Because all you need to know about her is that she is a a, a well-highly revered assassin. That's all you need to know. Yeah, that's all you need to know. So, like, you you can... That's a line of dialogue. You don't need a whole episode to know that. And I think, for me, this episode... Especially with the title, the Gunslinger. You know, you know. I thought here's a synopsis: the Mandalorian Who was helps the Gunslinger. Go- Sorry. Who was the Gunslinger? Exactly, you know? exactly. I you think know, it's supposed to be the kid. It, it, I'm assuming it's supposed to be the kid. Because he, you know, he kept doing the twirling and the. So I guess that's why he's a gunslinger. <laughs> he literally is doing slinging his gun around. <laughs> and so, so the that character, uh, Toro Calican, was played by Jake Cannavale, mm-hmm. who has apparently been in Nurse Jackie. Uh, he's a young actor. He's been in a lot of shorts. Um, I thought he left something to be desired. Yes, I think he he was stereotypical. I think it was like, oh, play the cool, young, hotshot. Okay. But and, it's, like, it's a cardboard cutout of a character we've seen a thousand times and done better with more nuance. I thought his, his acting chops were good when he was playing his confident self. And when he got into his real, I'm a bit vulnerable and don't know what I'm doing, I don't know if it was him or if it was the dialogue, but something wasn't clicking for me. Yeah. And it took me out of it a little. I agree. I agree. Um, this episode was directed by Dave Filoni. So the second, first director to do two episodes because he directed the pilot. And he wrote this episode. Most of the episodes have been written by uh, John Favreau. I think he wrote them all up until this episode. So we had a bit of a change in the writing department as well. Uh, we had the uh, guest starring actors Ming-Na Wen. Those of you who are Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. fans, she came and played uh, Fennec Shand. Uh, that actress, you know she's like 50-something-year-old actress and she's such a badass doing her own stunts and things like that. I love her in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. She's great. You also had Amy Sedaris as Peli Motto, an interesting new character we see in this show. Um, I think if anyone comes back, it will be her. I started honest. out being like, eh, I don't know about this character. And by the end, I loved her. Mm-hmm. It was funny. She really grew on me throughout the yes, episode. I agree. I agree. Um, the episode opens up with the first for the series, a dogfight in space. Mm-hmm. Eli, who doesn't love a good dogfight in space? And as you're watching, you're just like, this is Star Wars. <laughs> exactly. It was great. I, mean, I, 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 love, I love that they open with that. And yes. that, again, we see Mando not being that great. Now, what I was trying to figure out was, was the ship that was after him a Tatooine starfighter? I don't know. It looked like it, but then I couldn't really tell. And I was yeah. also watching when my windows were kind of backlighting the TV, so it wasn't great. 
But uh, yeah, I don't think it was, but like it almost looked like it for a second, and I got super jacked because I was like, yes, they keep bringing in prequel <laughs> elements. And as listeners know up to this point, yes, I defend the prequels. I'm aware that they're not perfect, very bad in some ways. <laughs> However, it was my childhood, so it is yeah. what it is. <laughs> um, we get a cool look at a bit of callbacks to Star Wars, and this is where I feel like the 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 set design and, and, and the VFX department uh, of the series do a great job in terms of like the targeting computers, you know, looking like the old school mm-hmm. Star Wars style. But, you know, they do a better job. I've always criticized old school sci-fi for not thinking of the idea that screens would be import- more important than buttons. They always right. put more emphasis on buttons than screens. You'd have right. a tiny little screen and thousands of buttons. And you'd think visual would be more important than tactile, but I guess they, that's what they thought. Right. <laughs> and and but I think the Mandalorian does a great job of maintaining that aesthetic of buttons and basic uh, uh, visuals for the radar, but making it feel more natural in that environment, even more so than the original stuff, you know. But still, again, having that connection. And there are justifications of why you know the there are analog-based systems and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And, you know, due to the, the depression of the Empire era and everything. Yes, that is very true. That is very However, true. yeah, it can be, I remember, you know, going from analog to the prequels, which is just totally different aesthetic, to the sequels, which is sort of back to the analog look. Mm-hmm. And there's there's that, you know, there's that question of, like, how can we make this a happy middle ground? And I think yes. they do that, do a good job. Yes, yes. And we get a cool moment again, a moment of levity and the coolness to remind us that Mando is one cool dude. When the guy says, I can bring you in warm or bring you in cold, and then Mando does a cool move, reversal, that's my line. Yeah. And, and the person I was watching it with went right after that happened, said, she said, oh, now, so now he takes the upper hand once he, <laughs> once he gets mad that he said his line. I just thought that was funny. It's like love, Mando's, you know. It. Though, getting, again, I'm someone who's swamped. very nitpicky about certain physics in space, and I know yeah. that I'm being nitpicky. I just, I, I find it interesting how uh, uh, dogfights or like you know aerial battles are depicted in space, because you know, like you you have multiple directions to go. You know, like physics and things like that aren't really at play in the way they would be. So right. maneuvering, certain maneuvers would be so much easier. Right. in space than it would be in real life but I have to let go of that reality for Star Wars fine yeah know. you just have to treat <laughs> space like it's like it's the Earth's upper atmosphere really right Right. like it looks like they have like lift and drag on their well, wings this is and... why I love Last Jedi though the opening because they really play around with well what else can you do with spaceships in space Right, you know, like the drifting and twists and turns, things that would be impossible in a natural atmosphere that are not impossible in space. I thought that's right. pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, I do love that opening sequence. Yeah, yeah. But this dogfight leads to some damage to uh, Mando's ship, so they need a repairs. So they go to a facility run by Pelimoto. Where else? But Moss Eisley on a backwater planet known as Tatooine. Now, it makes sense that he would go to Tatooine. That's the thing is, even though it's like, oh, really, we're going to go back to Tatooine just to get the juices flowing and all these, you know, super hardcore uh, old school Star Wars fans. But it makes sense. He's got the baby and he's trying to get out of, you know, tracking distance. And he goes to the Outer Rim. But also, I feel like 
Tatooine is one of those very known backwater planets. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's a backwater planet, but it's, everybody knows about it. You know, it's the place everyone goes to when they need a backwater planet to go right. to. So it's not. So, so is it really a good place? Oh, yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> you know, it's it's Plus not. Plus the it's huts not, are there. Yeah, it's like a bad it's not, idea. It's not a place that no one's heard of. You right. Know, it's, everyone knows of Tatooine because of its reputation. It's right. known. So it it's I agree. It makes sense. Um, however, though, one while well, he he meets uh, uh, like I said, Pelimoto. And I like her character. Uh, clearly, she knows her work. She knows what she's doing because instantly she's looking at the ship and she knows what happened. Like, are you in a dogfight? This has had some this scarring and blah, blah, blah. Which, fun fact, if you're a Star Wars fan, you're paying attention. She mentions a line about uh, something scorching. Carbon scarring. Carbon, carbon scarring. Carbon and scoring, it, sorry. That's the first thing that Luke says when he sees uh, R2-D2. Looks yeah. like he has some carbon scarring. There's a little quick reference and call back. I like those little lines because clearly right. these are nerds writing this. It's like, and that's nerd. when when she said that I was like, yes, <laughs> just like one of those little things. You're like, I li- thank you. It's like it's like the director looked at you and went, I got you. Yeah, I, right. <laughs> I'm here for you. Um, they agree. She agrees to fix his ship with no droids because again, we know how Amanda feels about droids. And again, little callback as well. Those droids aren't they from the prequel? We first those saw droids them? are from the prequel. Yes, yes. And I, I like that. It's just let's not ignore the fact that they happened at least. Yes. Yes. I not agree. every I little thing was a bad idea. I mean, I just want them to bring back Jar Jar. <laughs> I'm joking, you guys. I'm sorry if that made you spit up your drinks. I'm joking. No one wants the return of Jar Jar unless the Sith Jar Jar returns. And I'm I'm right. low key into that theory. Um those little droids if you remember, Anakin, little, ba- little baby Anakin gives us a tip on how to stop those droids. You just tap them on the nose. Bop them on the nose. Bop them on the nose. That's right. Um, Mando goes to a bar. And this is where I kind of, I was like, mm. but I guess it's Mos Eisley. But it's the same bar that Luke goes to in A New Hope. It is literally the same cantina. But this time, it's been run by a droid. If you remember carefully, in the original A New Hope, it was said, no droids allowed here. We don't like their yeah. kind. Now a droid is running the place. What's changed, Eli? Things have changed. <laughs> it's, and that's, I like how they do show that to show how the times have changed. Mm-hmm. And again, I mean, we're reminded heavily, like the empire has fallen. So we know what time we're in. We know the era. Mm-hmm. But do we, well, did again, we need to go to the cantina? Did sorry? we need to? Well, just like that's, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I hear, did I hear, did we I hear. really need to go back there? We're already in Tatooine. But if we didn't go to the cantina, would people be like, well, we should have gone to the cantina? Though, I, I mean, I guess it's done in a way that Again, us we, it's a complaint for us Star Wars fans, right? We are such hardcore fans that even without explicitly, them explicitly saying so, we instantly recognize the cantina because of the layout. You know, because it don't it doesn't say this is the same cantina. There's no other right. references except for like the visual layout. So the casual watcher won't have any idea that that's the same cantina, right? Because they don't make a point of it. And so I guess that's just more of a nod to us. Um, one of the things I wanted to mention was the the fact that. Um, on the way to the cantina, we see the, the stormtrooper helmets on the spikes. That was one of my favorite visuals so Love far. That. Loved Love it. that. Which again, con- which again connects to when when uh, uh, Boba. Why did I say Boba? I don't know why I said Boba. <laughs> Where my mind is going. <laughs> when Mando goes to the bar and asks for more work, and the, the the robot bartender says Gil doesn't work on Tatooine anymore. You know, it's, it's like saying Tatooine is moving forward. We don't want any of this old lifestyle anymore. We know no troopers, no bounty hunters. 
we're moving forward. And what we know right now, actually, is that, so they mentioned the huts, that yes. they've done work for the huts. But Jabba, at this point, has just recently been killed by... Exactly, exactly. Our sweet princess, Leia. may yes. she rest. Yes. In Choked to death in a badass way. Yeah, yeah. yep. Love that. Um, he wants Mando's trying to make some money to pay for these for said repairs on his ship, and like I said, he's told there's no work. However, in a in a, in a move that's very reminiscent of wink and nod to Han Solo, even very it's the same so. booth, Eli. It's and the same, the same position. Yes, with his feet up. I guess there's a sign saying you can sit here with your feet up. That's a yeah thing, right. Okay? <laughs> if you sit here, put your feet up, and act like Han Solo. <laughs> and then um, we get very much not on solo <laughs> which I'm not going to complain too much I just had a little just what it was a little taken out of the out of the narrative by the performance yes I, I agree I, I think he was trying too hard yeah I, I definitely agree uh, we meet Peli Motto who we find out is a young uh, young man who's trying to get into the guild or he's a new member of the guild and he's trying to earn some respect. So he's after a really tough bounty, uh, someone known as, we mentioned earlier, Fennec Shand. She's a high-profile bounty and he feels he doesn't want the money. He just wants the respect for catching such a high profile. So he makes a deal with Mando saying that you can keep the money as long as I get the credit for it. Because he's trying to get into the guild. This is his This is his ticket yep, into the guild. Now, why does Mando help him? I mean... He needs he needs the money, but it's the money aspect because he wants sure. to pay the ship. But t- you know this this dude seems like trouble. Well, it does. You know, yeah. he just seems like a he he's gonna walk into a disaster. Not Mando. It seems like I think Mando's more desperate because again he came into the into the cantina looking for work. There is no work. Right. And this guy says, "Hey, you yeah. can take all the money." Too 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 hard to pass up. Because initially, Mando does say no. Because Mando's like, "No, I'm not going to do this." Because clearly, you don't know what you're after. This is a high-profile assassin woman. Fuck that shit. I'm not working with you. Right. And then the guy says, "You can have all the money." And then Mando's like, "Oh." Which is okay, like even then. more of a red flag. Yeah. <laughs> what? This is just going to offer you all the money? I think at this point, I understand as the audience why you'd follow this dude, only because again. The idea that he is a young whippersnapper trying to prove himself. And th- there is a point where proving yourself is worth more than the money. Yeah. Right? yeah. And and he's, he's, he's whether, whether that's a good thing or not in the end, he's trying to prove himself. And I think one thing I give to the actor that he does a good job of showing me that, that's, that those are his motivations. And mm-hmm. everything he does is within that. And so when he does the betrayal at the end, it makes sense because he's like, well, yeah, okay, I will go for Mando which is an even higher profile because it wasn't about her. It's about a high profile target to make me look good and right. be respected. You know, so in that aspect, I understand that. I just think they could have gone deeper, more with it. Yeah. 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 Uh, Toro gets them some, uh, and this is another, another callback, some speeders, which I thought the speeders were visualized so well in this. Can I tell you? Yeah. I mean, the, the I think, the speeders always look like they're going fast, but you're traveling with the speeder in camera, mm-hmm. and it, you're flying across that yes. desert. And I really yes. like how thrilling it seemed to fly those speeders and go, show how much ground you can cover, which yes. is important later when Mando disappears to show how far they've gone yes. and how long it's going to take. It literally takes them the entire day to go get the... No, I'm forgetting the name of it, but the... the guys. That, oh, the, oh, oh the, the creature, the uh, Dubek. Yes. And and so so the speeders, I mean, it just yeah, visualized really greatly. And a lot of fun. I just want to ride one of those 
fucks. I gotta go to Disney World. Right. <laughs> and I gotta go to and the again, Star a good, Wars. And again, a good moment of of exposition where you have a moment, and it's so subtle, but you you almost you register it subconsciously of when a uh, 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 Pelly, not yeah yeah when Pelly sees no not Pelly but Toro sees uh, Baby Yoda being carried, and he was like, "What the fuck is that?" Because later on, when it's brought up, oh, he was traveling with a young one. When he kind of has that moment of recollection, you you're there with him. Yeah, and I think that's done really, really well. And I like I like that moment before they get on the speeders. And again, another callback. Uh, Mando stops for a moment, and again, I think this is a great way to show us through s- subtle moments that Mando's helmet has a lot of features. He's mm-hmm. like, "Stop! Look over there!" And you can't see anything, and the other guy needs to get the binoculars binoculars out. You know, so you're like, oh shit, Manda's helmet could see that distance. That's crazy. You know? Yeah, that, that is a nice reminder. Is that that helmet is not just on there to conceal his identity? Yes. it's an absolute, you know, it's like utility in its own. Yeah, in its own right, and yes. it can like stop lasers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, it can. Uh, the other callback: we meet Tuscan Raiders, which you know, this take on Tuscan Raiders, I was very interested in. Absolutely, because every time we've seen Tuscan Raiders, they are either trying to dole out some death or they're getting massacred by Anakin mm-hmm. or they're watching the podcast there's the pod races <laughs> yes, they yes they are hopefully they listen to the podcast they're watching the pod races and just up to some fuckery shooting around just trying to knock people off their pods now we see them just as as actual species well here's the thing with them um the Tuscan Raiders there's a moment where Mando says they see themselves as the original uh people on this planet and everyone else is the alien whatever he says or the outsiders and i was reading somewhere how the tuscan raiders were almost seen as an uh, analogy for native americans mm. right if, if we're going with the western motif of star wars right they are the native americans who at first are seen as the savage enemies not the Ural, you you're reminded that they were the originators here and we came into their land and we saw them as the savages and and i think that's, that hits home more so when Mando negotiates with them, that moment of sign language. And I love that moment because we've never seen that kind of interaction with Tusken Raiders before. We've only ever been seen, shown them as savages, you know, in a way. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that whole interaction, I think, is a sort of uh, allegorical to um, the whole Native American uh, representation in uh, Western film. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, and that's the case. And so in this moment, this is the first time you really um, can even empathize mm-hmm. with the Tusken Raiders, which I right. like. And, again, so yeah. it's like, it's show us the old, what we love about Star Wars. We've seen Jawas. We've seen all sorts of things we've seen before. But we're seeing them in a slightly different light, and that just paints paints a more fuller picture of the Star Wars universe. And I think, you know, in just talking over it now, I mentioned at the top of the podcast, one of my issues with this episode is that I, did, I felt we didn't learn anything new. I would say that's the one thing new that I felt like I learned going forward. It was that we got to know more about the Tusken Raiders. You know, if, even if a little bit, you know, our knowledge of them was improved. You know, we, they're not just the savages or perceived as savages. You know, the, you know they, they have a language. They, they, you can communicate through sign language. They're not just, you know, right, right. things like that's that. And, and, and I like that. And also, they're very good at stealth. Oh, they'd sneak up on people like sons of bitches every time. I love it. I love that about them. So like now I'm like worried. I'm just gonna be like standing around. Oh, these motherfuckers are behind me. Right. If you see them from any if moment, you can, it's almost like if you can see them from far, that means one's close up. So you should do for next Halloween 
We should be Tuscan Raiders and just yeah. try to sneak up on people. That's it. <laughs> I think like I think that would be an amazing Halloween gag. Right, that could and be And I'm really about cool. it. Right. Anyone well, who's listening and has a good amount of money, ship us it. some Tuscan Raider outfits. We will do it and we will send video footage of it. 100%. We're scared the shit out of people. 100%. Uh, after negotiating negotiating passage uh, by giving up um, Toro's binoculars or whatever they called them, Bino something. I forget the name. The Binox. Name. Binox. There you go. Which were brand new, apparently. He was mad. Those are brand new. They get safe passage and they come across um, someone tied up to a, 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 a dewback. And of course, my brain was thinking, trap. Instantly. That's what I thought, yeah. Instantly. Yep. But I thought the person laying down was, was the person in on the trap. Yep. I thought I they were going to yeah. turn and and start a fight right there. Nope. There's someone from about sniper 10 miles away <laughs> sniping with an amazing blaster rifle. I don't know. Reminding us that uh, uh, um, Mandalorian steel is very strong. Incredibly strong. You can take a blast like that. Not just from that distance, but he gets far closer after they hop on the speeders. Takes a blast to the chest and is good to go. Oof. It looked like it hurt. (laughs) When he's like, I don't have Veska armor. Well, sucks for you. (laughs) Yeah. It's like you're going to get blown up. (laughs) Like, yep, you need Veska armor. Um, So Mando has a great plan. Again, this this is how you see how the Mandalorians are going to, you know, they're going to use their smarts. They're going to take, if I have to take my time. I'm not going to rush it. I'm going to wait till nightfall and execute my plan. I'm going to be patient with it. So Mando and decides to be patient. That's the theme of, I think, or the thing I've learned about Mando in this episode is how patient he is. Because mm-hmm. you see him, okay, like, I'll go. Or like when he's slowly mm-hmm. makes his way back to Moss Eisley after going out past the Dune Sea. And he just sort of makes his way back. It's not like he's frantically running back to get to Baby Yoda. He's sure. just patiently going through, and that says something about the character, that he mm-hmm. has great patience, great restraint. And I didn't quite know that at this point. He certainly had that essence to him, but I think that's what we learned about his character. Mm-hmm. And uh, while Mando's asleep of nighttime, I don't know if I... This moment, I don't know if it was the script or how it was, it was delivered... I just I was pulled out of the moment where you have Toro in the hole. Can you see me? Are you awake? Huh? You know, like it just—it's like, what are you doing? Yeah. You know, it's like, what, 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 what? Stop it! And and then I like that Mando was awake for that moment, and uh, they decide to kind of Mando has a plan that they will just book it using the flares to blind the sniper. Damn, that's also a very patient sniper. You were waiting on that ridge, on the high right. ground, by the way. Like why? So why would she stay? All right. I mean, I guess. Again, she has the high ground. Which, if you're a Star Wars nerd, you know having the high ground always helps, unless you're Darth Maul. Or it's like not just always helps. That means hey, it's over. <laughs> Got Again, the high no, ground. It, it didn't help Darth Maul though having the high ground. Well, the and the irony of Obi Wan saying it to Anakin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's right. I guess if there's anything in Star Wars, it's that there is no consistency. <laughs> Yeah, or at least I mean, again, at least I guess uh, Obi Wan, he's so good at the high ground that when he doesn't have the high ground, he knows how to take you out. All right, <laughs> every ground is the high ground for Obi Wan, right. which we'll, I'm sure we'll explore more in the upcoming Obi Wan series, course. directed by Deborah Chow. <laughs> uh, uh, and it's going so well until Toro guy. I noticed he shoots one of his flares and he hits the ground. Idiot! Idiot! 
So he uh, the, just assassin, an the sniper doesn't get uh, yeah amateur of course doesn't get blinded and Mando's uh, speeder gets shot. Mando's knocked down. Though I liked how that carries on because she's shooting. Uh, she then uh, gets stopped by a Toro guy, but you find out Toro is the distraction. Mando's the one that stops her. I like that moment. That's pretty cool. Uh, she is stopped. She is taken prisoner, and like you mentioned earlier. Mando's patience. I love this moment where Mando's like, one of us has to go get the dude back, and he's like, I'm not gonna go. I don't trust you, Mando. Mando doesn't even argue. He's just like, okay, fine, I'll go. Because you know, I love that moment of it. He doesn't have a sense of superiority either. No, no. He's like, fine, I'll go. It's not about. Yeah, exactly. It's not ego. It's not superiority. It's that it has to be done. So we're getting these. We're we're peeling back the onion that is Mm -hmm. Mando. And at this point, you gotta like the character. Yeah. Got to be interested, and you just want to know more and more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I just want him to go, basically go back to Omera, Omera, right? Yes. <laughs> and make little Mando babies. Yep, yep. But we get a cool visual of Mando's helmet scanning the background, which I thought was pretty nice. And again, a visual reminder this time. And he goes after the dewback. I want to see. I want to see more of what the, that helmet can do. Like maybe right. with, like in a fight, maybe a few more cuts, yeah. Tony Stark style inside the helmet. Yeah. I agree, I agree. And uh, while he's away, Shan, Fennec Shan takes the opportunity to talk to Toro. And she says, hey, you know who you uh, who that is? Low-key, I honestly thought in that sequence, she was going to like try to seduce him or something. <laughs> it Like for a second as it started, and she like stretched back and lay back. That's I was true. like, are we about to see some sexuality in Star Wars? <laughs> the f- really? But, are but they going to think- start talking about sand getting everywhere? But I think that's by design. I think she did seduce him in her own way, right? It's almost oh, sure, like sure. the seduction of, hey, listen to my plan, blah, blah, blah. I, you know, I think that's part of it. You know, I think that's It was more graceful than when Anakin seduced Padme. Right. <laughs> so we had that going for us. Yeah. And she just seduces by saying, hey, how many, I said, how many, like, how many Mandalorians do you think are around? I love though he's like, oh, he's that Mandalorian? Like, no shit. <laughs> and this guy, I mean, clearly, you know, he he gets shot later, and I presume he is dead. Yes, he seemed very dead. He wasn't gonna make it as a bounty hunter. I'm sorry. No, this dude no, was no, not no. like his shelf life from the jump was very short. <laughs> this is not going to be his life. Clearly, though, he is smart about it when he says he agrees with her, acknowledges her, but is like, I don't need your help. Then I'm true, kill you. So maybe he would have been okay. He he showed he was cutthroat enough, and that's what I was, I was thinking yes. earlier in the episode. I was like, is he going to have the balls or just do what he's got to do? And then you kind of mm-hmm. see, oh, yeah, he's yeah. got some bounty hunter in him. But still, think on his own, he wasn't going to be terribly well, effective. A, my thing is, okay, you've heard the stories of this Mandalorian. If you're going to come up and betray him, you better have a solid plan. Yeah. Because you've heard the stories of this Mandalorian. And uh, Mando comes by to find out Fennec Shand is dead, or at least supposedly dead. Her body's on the floor. And, of course, he puts two and two together and is like, ugh. And on his do-back, he goes back to Baby. Very to find, patiently. Yeah, very patiently. To find Baby and Peli taken hostage. Toro then tells him to uh, cuff himself. But then Mando has, again, one of those flashbangy thingies. And he does what Mando does. Distracts, executes, and kills. And is like, what the fuck are you doing, bitch? And that's his move. You you saw it with grief. Yep. Uh, we've seen it a few times. 
He's good at the distraction, disappear, shoot you from a direction you weren't expecting, or through some mist or some shit. Again, he's not against using his mind to overcome the enemy. He's not going to yeah. just come guns a-blazing. He's not an idiot. He's he's craftier than he is just a gunslinger. Yes. Title of the episode, so clearly. Yes. <laughs> maybe it ties into that, but yeah. Yes, and... Uh, but did you ever think he... This episode, it never felt like he'd remotely fail. No, not at all. That's what I'm saying. Like this episode just turned out exactly as you expected it to turn out. I even said to to, to my wife, "This kid's gonna die at the end." The only thing I didn't think of was that it was gonna be Mando that kills him. But I didn't think he was gonna get killed. I right. thought it was gonna be Shand that kills him. To be honest with you, I thought this yeah. episode would focus more on Shand, and I was kind of disappointed because she was interesting in terms of what we hear about her. Yeah, I mean, given how illustrious her career has been as as an assassin, I was by far more intrigued than I was by this novice bounty hunter who exactly. was kind of goofy and not terribly well acted. Yes, yeah, I agree, I agree. Mando pays a whole bunch of money for his uh, repairs, and she's a little surprised. Like, oh, Begs the shit, question, okay. why, I'm excited. why is it that... Uh, Toro had that much money on him. I don't know. That's what I don't understand. Like, it's not like he got paid for the bounty. I mean, again, we so don't if that know was a case, Toro. you why, almost get the sense. Why didn't of, Mando just murk the guy from the start, take the money? Well, because Mando's—he's he's got some honor to him, at least. In some he level. does, but like in this situation, we've also seen him be kind of, kind of <laughs> badass and, and kind of. I don't give a fuck. And so if he would have known Toro had that much money on him, why wouldn't you just plug him and go? And it was, you almost get a sense that Toro was this like spoiled rich kid because the amount of times he kept on saying, I don't care Absolutely. about the money, I don't care about the money. You definitely got the feeling like, oh, daddy's helping him into the guild. Yes, yes exactly, exactly. And and this is my disappointment with this episode is, you know, from the gunslinger from even the previously on, we get like uh, uh, snippets of them mentioning the guild. I thought we would get more information of what the guild is all about. Uh, you know, I've t- spoken before how the guild and and Manda's relation to the guild remind me of John Wick and his relationship to to uh, 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 I don't know what it's called um, in in John Wick. Shit, what's it called? Not the Continental, that's the building, but like the Assassins Guild that they're part of. That there's yeah. rules and things like that. You know, and I find that super interesting because you have different factions. You have the Mandalorian. And his Mandalorians who are in hiding at this point, we know this in the in the series. But you also have the the, the 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 bounty guild that has its rules and how that works. And I thought this episode would using this new kid and Mando, who's someone who is seen as a betrayal of the guild, but he was one of the best. And their interaction would inform us on how the guild works. I thought that's what we'd get in this episode, and we don't really get that. And that was my disappointment. We didn't we didn't take a what felt like a distinct leap forward in the narrative. Mm-hmm. I think you and I, similar in different reasons, we're not terribly thrilled with this episode. The quality of it was great. The nostalgia was great. Yes. I'm ready for episode six. I want to see the story move forward. We're because, off Tatooine. Where I think the most going? interesting thing that happens is literally in the last 20 seconds, we see a faceless body walk over to uh, Fennec Shan's deceased body. So it's like, who is that? But again... The next episode could, is clearly going to pick up from there or wherever we pick up from. So it's, you know, I feel like this episode, and I could be made wrong later on, but it feels like you could skip this episode and be fine. I, I don't like to admit it because I want the show to be perfect. 
but this one this one didn't didn't uh didn't do as much as the the other episodes mm-hmm. have done that's we don't sure. learn anything about any, we don't learn anything about mando literally like this, by the end of it there's nothing new we've learned he's mando. patient yeah that's I about know, it we, we could allude that's always yeah, exactly to, you know and we didn't learn anything that that distinctly moves things forward no nothing about baby yoda Nothing about the state of the galaxy. And there were even there were, there weren't even that many cute Baby Yoda moments. No, there's no moments of memes. You know, like it was just I feel like, and considering it was Dave Filoni, I was kind of disappointed. And I think I just think that this episode, and again, it works. But when you think about it, it's almost sad. Where it's like this episode feels like, hey, let's do a nostalgic episode, mm-hmm. as opposed to something that. Well, you got to walk on a fine line with with Star Wars nostalgia. If you go yeah. too far fetched, like the prequels, you you, you make them angry. Mm-hmm. If you replicate it too much, you make him angry. If you subvert expectations, you make him angry. Yeah. You can't please Star Wars fans. So the Mandalorian has done a good job of that so far. I think I think yes, a lot yes. of Star Wars fans are happy. I want to see where they're going, and I would like to know if they're going to keep moving us forward. Because I think yeah. one of the small complaints they have is that these some of these episodes are too contained within themselves and not contributing yeah. to the larger narrative. And again, I don't mind contained episodes if we're getting we're moving forward with some aspects. If if even if it be uh, Mando's personal journey or Baby Yoda's journey or some kind of information, you know, like every, I feel like every episode, even if it felt uh, uh, an individual episode, still gave us something. And I think yeah. the only thing that this one really gave me was, oh, the the, the Tuscan Raiders are more nuanced than they appeared. Right, yeah, like, yeah, I, I truly think that might be the best takeaway of this episode. Yeah, and I, lo- I love the the um, sort of analogy to Native Americans you yes, sort of brought yes. in. I think I that's that. and, and how question. they're portrayed in westerns. Here's my question to you, Eli: Who do you think the faceless person is? There's theories online. One of the big theories that because we're in Tatooine, that that is a Boba Fett. That would mean Boba Fett sur- survived the Sarlacc. Yes, I mean there has been there has been talk of that that being a fact that we will see him at some point, and he did survive the Sarlacc pit. But the question is, are we seeing him in the Mandalorian? Here's my thing: I don't think we will see Boba Fett in the Mandalorian because I think because initially I wanted Boba Fett in the Mandalorian, but the more and more I watch the show, I realize if you bring Boba, it takes away focus from Mando. Yeah, and so I don't think I don't think the two of them can compete in the same show. I think at this point, Mando's established. I mean, you, we've seen yes. him now for... So this is episode five. So yeah. we've seen him for 150 minutes. We've yeah. seen him for an oh, entire movie's length. We know Mando far better than we ever knew Boba Fett. Yes, exactly, exactly. Boba Fett is just... The idea of him was appealing. Yes. There's nothing we so, really knew about him. So I don't think this, whoever it is, is a readily recognizable character. I just think it's an important figure within the narrative. I think it might be the person they're referring to that's sort of above the client, even. Yes, 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 something like that. I, yeah, or, or be. someone who is very closely connected. Yeah, yeah. But there is, a, I had to mention, there is a faction of people on the interwebs who believe that that is Boba Fett, and so we shall well, find out. We will see. We will see next episode. What did you guys think of episode f- or chapter five? The Gunslinger. Let us know on social media at the Nerdy Bunch. We are on all your social medias, and uh, are you looking forward to Chapter Six? We don't have a title just yet, but look forward to that next week, Chapter Six of The Mandalorian. And once that airs, send us your thoughts. And if you get to, if you get your thoughts to us on time before we record the next podcast, we will read it out on air. We like to get your thoughts as well. Uh, as always, thank you, Eli. 
It's a pleasure to be here. My cat slept through the whole thing. Hopefully <laughs> the audience didn't, but he's not a huge Star Wars fan. Well, we'll get him. We'll get him across. We'll get Don't him. Worry. We'll get him involved. Don't worry. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. As always, my name is English Dave. Uh, check out some of our other podcasts. We have Back to the Feature, where we look at movies uh, twenty years or older. And by the time you're listening to this, uh, we will actually maybe we should have it up, but it'll be up soon. We will be revisiting the original uh, Star Wars episode four, A New Hope, because uh, Rise of Skywalker is coming out, which signifies the end of the skywalker saga i thought it would be great for back to the feature team to look at the beginning of the skywalker saga well at least luke's story i should say with a new hope so uh if you guys have thoughts on the new hope revisiting that before the new movie and movie comes out send us your thoughts on that one and check out that podcast as well and i check out all our podcasts at the nerdy bunch go on our website if you live in new york city we do movie screenings almost every week, so go on the nerdybunch.com to find out information about those screenings. Thank you guys again. Thank you, Eli, again. And as always, guys, keep it nerdy. Peace.